Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Half Ashed. My name is Craig Schneider. That gentleman 1,100 miles south-southeast of me is Kip Fisher. And tonight we come to you for the 85th time on September 26, 2014 to have yet another fantastic episode of Half Ashed with my good buddy Kip. And speaking of him, how the heck are you tonight? I'm all right, I reckon. They, they said this would never last, and here we are, 85 weeks into this. 86 weeks, because we missed a show or so along the way. Well, that's true, and we did duplicate a show as well, so <laughs> yes, I guess we're balanced out. <laughs> we broke even. Make the same show twice, only shorter. Yeah, that's true. And uh, it might have just been our best show, too, which is, it's just apropos. Of course you miss your best, lose your best. Well, yeah. But that's all right. It's the best until tonight, right? It's the best until the next best. <laughs> well, it's like, what's your favorite cigar? The one I'm smoking right now, because it's the one I'm smoking. Yeah, because it's the one giving me the most pleasure at the moment. Yep, that cigar I had three weeks ago isn't giving me much pleasure anymore. <laughs> Anyways, we're two minutes into the show and we're already postulating about something. <laughs> oh, well. So you're doing well? I'm doing all right. It could be better, but I suppose it could be worse. Well, it's 10 o'clock at night for you, I suppose, so you are an old man. I'm keeping you awake. <laughs> I've somewhat grown accustomed to it on a Friday night, anyway. <laughs> you sound like my mother justifying how she used to tolerate my disobedience. I've grown accustomed to it. No, actually, I, I'm a, a night owl. I won't sleep a whole lot of time. Well, then quit whining when we start the show a little bit late. For Pete's sake, you're going to be up anyways. Hey, I'm whining for the audience and all those guys that come here on time to see us start. Yeah, they should know better. <laughs> I'm just Why watching out for you guys in the chat room now. I hope you know that. Whine for me next time. You know that I got a squirrel bladder and can barely make it through a whole show without having to, to, to take a wee. Good gracious. <laughs> I, uh... I came down here with a, whatever, 30-ounce tumbler filled with water, and it's half gone already. I don't know if I'm going to make it another two hours. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, I don't think we told the chat room we were live. I just now told them. Uh-oh. They missed me taking care of them, man. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you were guys, trying to be nice. You guys in the chat room got to go back and watch the beginning of this, or listen to the beginning of this show when it goes out on audio, because that's going to be in there. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, hey, well, that gives us an extra 15 or so downloads right there. Hey, there you go. Well, I don't even know if I'm in the chat room yet. Am I? Oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> ah, well, whatever. Good grief. You know what I realized we didn't do? Uh, tell them what cigar we're smoking. That is an affirmative, my friend. And tell the chat room we were live. And that is affirmative, my friend. <laughs> we are smoking the collective from Cigar Federation this evening. Mm-hmm. Which I have for to, those go ahead, sorry. I'm sorry. I have to admit I smoked one of these shortly after I received them. Uh and I have not smoked another one since. I was only given two. So I uh, I don't have much of a memory of what these things are. Hopefully, as this goes through, it'll jog me a little bit. I uh, I guess I had three or four of them back then, but I have not had one since very soon after they came out. Um, 
what I remember from then was smoking it and enjoying it thoroughly. Uh, it is a Casa Fernandez cigar, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, thought maybe it was just just a smidge uh, rough around the edges at the time. I thought maybe a little time to marry some more and and meld as a blend would do it well. And I'm hoping that's the case tonight. Um, and I guess I've already mentioned the name, but uh, just for posterity's sake, this is uh, made for Cigar Federation through Ezra Zion. I believe the actual rolling is done by Casa Fernandez, which means it is heavily influenced with Akinorsa tobacco. It has a San Andres Cafe Claro wrapper. says it's never been used before. Not aware. I ne never heard of that leaf before, so I don't really know anything about it. Um, Nicaraguan filler and binder, and it doesn't say an exact amount, of course, but it says with tons of medio tiempo filler, which is, sounds great to me because I'm in love with that specific leaf. And um, per the description on Cigar Federation, it explodes with creamy notes of custard. Kai tea, leather, rich woodsy notes, and honey. And by my measure on the old uh, worn out, folded, crinkled, and half wadded up cardboard cigar measuring tool. Oh, it shoot. Doggone it, I just dropped my cigar in my shirt. Nice. I feel like Bob McDuffie. <laughs> I get about six and a quarter inches and 52, 50-ish ring. Uh, it's somewhat pressed, so it's a little hard to read, but um, maybe a, a 51, we'll call it. I'm sure it's supposed to be 50 or 52. I would uh, definitely agree with the six and a quarter. Seems spot on on that, and I'd say that mine is a 52. I can just get it into the 52, but as you say, with that press, I'd say that that's probably the reason why. It's just slightly ovular. No trademark infringement on... Uh, on, uh, oh my gosh, San Latano. Oof, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Almost lost that there. But uh, nonetheless, still still right in that range of uh, the, the top end of what feels comfortable in the good old mouth. At least I think. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Wow, I tell you, I should drop cigars on my shirt more often. I just took a puff. And the smoke output on this thing afterwards was three times what it was earlier. Wow. That's interesting. I wonder if there's anything to that. Uh, well, I don't know, except taking the ash off, put more air on the ember. Well, but I had I had barely been smoking this thing, and then all of a sudden I drop it on myself. It's almost like I was tamping down a pipe. Hmm. Okay. Hey, <laughs> when we... Uh, <laughs> Well, okay. I don't have anything else to say about that. I don't don't even have any speculation, man. I don't know what happened in your lap. Ay, ay, ay. Hey, we're getting a glimpse into your house tonight. That's not normal. Other shoulder. I can't even see myself. So I, I don't even know. Oh, you mean on the edges there? The Yeah, you can see in there. House stack full of stuff to be sold and donated and... A little bit of it to be kept, I suppose. 
have you guys uh, settled on, uh, obviously for those who may not know, Kip is moving to the Dominican Republic uh, in hopefully just a few months' time here, but uh, have you settled on what really is coming and what really is going, or are you just essentially purging the stuff you totally know is going and then you'll deter make a determination on the the to be brought with uh, at a later date? Yeah, we started with an initial purge of just trashing stuff that needed to be trashed. It wasn't worth selling. It's you know crap we've kept. No, maybe I'll need this someday or whatever. Um, and then really, it's kind of a hybrid of that. We are you know still pushing away stuff that's uh, usable to somebody. But Christie has already started. We we have boxes. They have a there's a company in Tampa that will ship all of your possessions by boat to the Dominican Republic fairly inexpensively and they have a standard cube that's 18 but 18 by 24 and of course they will give you a quote for anything any size up to bulldozers and big equipment um, but uh, we're using that standard cube for the most part and I have a couple items that will be a little bigger and have to get a quote for but uh, we've started assembling and putting stuff into boxes and our plan is to get everything together and packed up and go ahead and send it down ahead of time because it takes three to four weeks to get there uh, and hopefully have it there waiting for us when we arrive. So you're not planning on bringing the bulldozer, eh? No. Bulldozer <laughs> state. Just like marking your property. Yeah. You guys well, have the house up for sale too. I was just going to ask, do you have the house up for sale yet? No, our plan was to get that up November or November, October the first. Um, still got I got to refresh all the mulch and paint some the the driveway and sidewalks and pool deck and patio and get that all painted up and then we should be ready to go. You painted the driveway? Yeah, down here. Really? Well, not everybody. Most people paint their driveway, and I don't have much choice because mine has paint on it already. And it, half the paint's pulling away, and I don't want to take the trouble to pressure wash the rest of it off. <laughs> wow! Is it asphalt or concrete or? It's concrete. I've never heard of such a thing. Really? No, I, I mean, I painted my own basement concrete slab because we have basements in our area, mm -hmm. but I, I've never built a house or worked on a house that had even a, a painted basement slab or anything else. I mean, the closest anybody's ever done that I've been around is is uh, like an epoxy concrete slab, but that's it. No. Down here, they actually sell a specific driveway paint, and it's... Huh. Most people that are cheapos like me just paint it a single color, but there are folks that have all kinds of special treatments to make it look like you know, brick pavers or whatever designs and that kind of stuff. Wow. Learn something every day. Yeah, come to Florida, land of painted driveways. <laughs> Boy, that'll be a big nut. That'll most certainly help. Ooh, hope so. That and emptying out all the crap that's stacked around in boxes and stuff still in the house. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, October 1st coming up real quick. you got a busy weekend ahead of you then. Yeah, like I said, that was the original plan. I'm thinking it's going to take another week before we actually get it on the market, which basically gives us two months to, to get it done. Hmm. Well, cool, man. Yeah. Best of luck to you about that. 
Thank you. The market's improved quite a bit here in the past 12 months, so uh, pretty hopeful. And we bought before the boom, which means we are not at all upside down on the house. We should walk away with uh, a little bit. So. Well, that's good. That's very good. Yeah. Well, we've talked a little bit about this uh, cigar, but we haven't really talked about flavors or uh, experiences other than my uh, ash tamp. Do you have anything to, to start us off with? Yeah. Um, I do believe this has mellowed out a little bit. It's not nearly as jarring when you first light it up. I remember the first light on the, uh, the when I smoked the first ones, I could really feel it on the back of the throat, just hitting me hard, and uh, it's kind of smoothed out a little bit. Uh, even maybe a little more sweetness than I remember, almost caramelly to me. I don't think I would go so far as custard, but uh, a little sweetness creeping through there. I definitely get their statement about uh, chai tea. Um, there's something about this that is absolutely that kind of spiced, creamy chai tea flavor that uh, has been Americanized and bastardized over the last decade or so. <laughs> totally get that flavor with this. It's it's unlike anything I've ever had. <laughs> what? Uh, tell us your real feelings about American chai tea. Oh, come on. Do you really think that what you can go to Starbucks and buy chai tea for is anything what chai tea was originally or what people have been consuming it for decades uh, like? I, I can't imagine. Well, I don't go to Starbucks. Good grief. We just doomed the show now. We destroyed the show. <laughs> eh. I don't drink chai tea, so I can't answer that question. I'll take your word for it, though. Well, very, um, I don't know, how about, um, you like Mexican food? Have you ever had, uh, uh, oh, oh my gosh, uh, rice water? Somebody's out there slapping their head like me because they know what I'm trying to think of, but I can't remember the name. Oh, it's like sweetened rice milk. It's a Mexican dish, or Mexican uh, drink. No idea. Oh, my gosh, I'll think of it. Um, it'll come back. Just tastes kind of like a, a, a sweet, spicy tea type mixture. There's mm -hmm. a, a, a very unique texture to chai tea, very unique texture to this flavor, as well as to that Mexican drink that I can't think of. Anyways, uh, very, very unique and a very cool way that that kind of sweet, spicy flavor uh, is coming across. I like it. Yeah. I get a lot of earthiness too that I attribute to that media tempo. Okay, uh, I can see that. Tempo. How about um, that? Hmm. What a good cigar. Yeah, I'm digging it. I, I do remember by the end of these, I was I was pretty pretty done with a cigar. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean they they are potent. They're not certainly not mild cigars. You were sufficiently agonorsed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, That's a thing now. You just made a new verb. I, I'll tell you what. For a long time, it was opist. But uh, <laughs> with, with what we smoke on the show, it might just be agonorsed now. Yeah, I might agree. I, I don't... Uh, the, the, the little... 
tiny little triple X opus whips me, but none of the others seem to hurt me too bad. We'll talk about a certain opus I had today, actually, later in the show. I'm looking forward to hearing about that. I saw some pictures, but not uh, too much discussion. Yeah. Well, as we uh, kind of kick it into high gear here, we... Um, We've got a lot going on here. Obviously, the first cigar offering directly from Cigar Federation is tonight's Cigar of the Week, so that's uh, it's a fun one to talk about. We've had some ties to Cigar Federation in the past, so lots of news all over the map, really, but um, it starts with the passing of a legend and then uh, ends with what could be another potential uh, sale of a manufacturer. Um, we're certainly going to have some discussion about our blossoming forum community, which seems to be a bit of an extension of the show when I think about it, and has really seemed to take off this week. So stick with us, folks. Lots to come, and uh, we can begin now with some of that aforementioned news, I do believe. Orchata. Orchata. Thank you. That Zach Canudo and uh, my buddy Dave in the chat room mentioned good that. Good gracious. Why the heck could I not think of Orchata? I don't know. You need to download the Google into your brain. Uh, I really do. Well, Orchata is uh, its a pretty darn good thing if you enjoy um, uh, kind of some of the sweet Mexican spices. I really highly recommend it next time you go. Just pick up a yeah. glass. We've already put a inquiry in into the, down to the Dominican Republic trying to find out what spices they may be lacking to prepare barbecue. <laughs> towards the rub and the sauce that's a very good idea uh, I made I'll, barbecue sauce last week it was uh, yeah. it was too darn sweet hmm. well before we branch off into another rat hole much like the ones that have consumed the show thus far this <laughs> is the news sorry I need to be saved tonight I'm all over the map yes news <laughs> News. We had started the week off with some sad news. <clears throat> uh, many of you who are familiar with Cuban crafters or Burger and Argenti cigars will know um, longtime industry stalwart Don Kiki Burger. I believe his name was Enrique, but please don't hold me to that. I'm not sure. He just went by Don Kiki. Um, he passed away this past week. Uh, seems like last Friday, I think he had a heart attack and then passed over the weekend. Um, he's been involved in the industry for decades, uh, going back to Cuba with his dad, and uh, has manufactured his own cigars and lines after purchasing the Cuban Crafters um, franchise, uh, uh, franchise chain, now a chain, made lines of cigars for other people, and has been uh, a mentor to lots of folks, or at least many, many folks through social media have said the man was a mentor to them, and uh, it's made big ripples and waves throughout the industry. Um, yeah. But uh, a lot of folks who are now in, uh, you know, in control of their own cigar companies actually attribute their beginnings to, to Don Kiki, which is pretty cool. It is pretty cool, and I, I have to admit, unexpected. Um, I met him in 2009-2010 in Nicaragua, actually, um, and I have to say I, I I feel a little bad about this, but I kind of thought that he was a little gimmicky 
I always kind of thought that Don Kiki didn't really have great cigars. That he he was kind of the 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 guy, the manufacturer who made his money on bundle cigars and uh, you know just getting quantity out there during the boom. But I enjoyed kind of having those moments of reckoning this week when I would read people's very personal, very very sincere uh, thoughts on his life and his contribution. And I really appreciated that. I really needed to hear that he wasn't exactly the, I don't know, the drain on the industry that I had perhaps unfortunately felt he may have been. Um, and I'm glad to eat crow on this one. And I, I, I wish I would have been a little more receptive to him and what he's done for the industry when he was alive. Um, but it's nice to it's nice to kind of have that illuminated. Mm-hmm. I, like I hear there's you know, that somebody was truly a good guy. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that is, uh, I mean, I, I never met the man, but just looking at all the posts and, and the condolences given and the people, like you said, with personal memories, not just, hey, I met the guy one time. They have spent time with him and know him and, and literally yeah. benefited from mentorship from him. Um, it, it really is cool. I mean, he was apparently a was like you said one of the good guys. It's just uh, life is too short, man. Yep, it's just too short. Period. Too oh, short for I, bad cigars. <laughs> There's irony in there, considering what I had said. I my thought was <laughs> on him, but uh, I I enjoyed a heck of a lot of heck of a lot of time in Cuban crafters for a Yankee, and. Um, Man, oh man, that is just a little slice of heaven, the Cuban crafters yeah. down there. They have a couple other locations now, but the one down around Miami has barber shop right there in the cigar shop. You can get a haircut yeah. and a shave right in the shop in the old chairs. And I imagine straight razors. I've never went in there myself, but I've been in the shop many times, play dominoes, drink oh, Cuban yeah. coffee. It's a... a uh, throwback to the old school social clubs that proliferated the early 20th century with so many so many Cuban uh, 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 well, I guess Cuban expatriates really um, there's so many of them if you look especially at the Tampa area where those social clubs were essentially just locations where you could go become a part of something um, and really just have that be almost a support group and a, a a social support as well, and Cuban crafters just seemed to be that exactly. You could go there for professional help. It seemed like there was always somebody willing to share an opinion or have a conversation with you. You could get your hair cut. You could have a drink. You could have some coffee. You could eat a meal. You could buy a cigar. You could. I, I mean, it was almost like a little convenience store. They had so much stuff there too. Just a just a place where you could go and you never had to leave and you never wanted to. Yep, and we owe that to him at least recently. Always a domino game to be had too. I bet they had always. twenty tables set up, and there'd always be a dozen guys in there playing or so. Well, I bet they're having one hell of a send off. Right. Yep. I would imagine the same. Well, in the next story, which is a a little bit happier story. The uh, ever-popular Project Manana raffle has been going on at Cigar Federation. 
has uh, apparently reached its goal this year. I saw an announcement earlier today um, that they have met the goal, but of course it's still going. It ends at midnight Eastern time tonight. So you still got about an hour and 45 minutes to uh, get your donations in. And if you drop by the forum real quickly in that time, I think Michael uh, Stewart has another promotion going on over there. And uh, see, well, we've got like some killer prizes going out this year. Somewhere north of 30 different prize packs are going to be given away. And so well, last year I walked away from that thing with three different uh, boxes and bundles of cigars, including some white label regis that were just fantastic smokes. Hmm. Man, oh man, those are those were the the ones blended by Manny Casada, I believe. Yep, had his name on the secondary band. It said "Blended by Manuel Quesada," mm. mm-hmm. and they came in a box that was truly a humidor-grade box. Uh, it had, it was very nicely finished and sanded, and the fit was good and tight, and the walls were thick. Um, it was painted white rather than much of what you see, but it, it was a beautiful box. Hmm. Which will probably be in a yard sale at my house in a couple of weeks. Stop by and get it for two bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Why the heck not? Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we plug that? Actually, I think I've given that box away to a friend. That's <laughs> funny, though, nonetheless. Well, what else we got going on here? Another, yet another. Cigar coming from Crowned Heads this year, uh, sometime next month. Well, yeah, I think it was October. Um, this time around, it's another limited edition, kind of a a different approach to the limited edition, rather than a regional exclusive or the state exclusive one for Tennessee and the North and South ex- South exclusive. This one is the Hickory Cigar Club exclusive in in uh, North Carolina. And it's another, like I said, it's the Crown Heads. It's another one they partnered up with my father for, with, and it's a six by fifty, Ecuador and Habano Oscuro wrapper over Nicaraguan binder and fillers. And uh, this this uh, per half wheel, any leftovers from the club celebration will be sold at the Tinderbox Cigar South Park in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I believe if you're not a member of that club, you won't get first dibs on it. And I don't know that there's any, how much chance there is even that there'll be some left over. Uh, kind of cool. Cigar Coop's in the chat room. He may uh, have a chance at a couple of those, I imagine. Well, I have just had a bit of a computer glitch. Hold on one second, unless you want to... Jump right into the next item here. I apologize. I will do that. Uh, this, uh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I was going to say I'd very much like to discuss more about those crown heads, but oh. okay. Uh, but, no, no, no. But uh, I have lost the tabs that I had open, and I've Excuse lost me. all my tabs except for one other. Okay, well, I don't have any information to contribute here. Sorry about that. Why don't you go ahead? I just wasted time. Okay. Well, let's see. A little, I think it was last week uh, an email came down the chain from IPCPR about uh, a 
Department of Justice, Federal Department of Justice program that's been in place for over a year now called Operation Choke Point. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, like I said, it's a federal program. It's aimed to choke out what it's calling high-risk businesses, which includes tobacco retailers and a number of others. But uh, And uh, what's happening is people... So far, a handful of tobacco retailers and, and other businesses as well have gotten letters from their bank that just says, we're not doing business with you anymore and leaving them stranded with no credit card processor, nobody to handle deposits, n nothing. And basically, no no real way, way, way to conduct business. And <clears throat> it's, I mean... <laughs> You know, we're worried already about FDA and what's going to happen there, but this truly is is an immediate threat, an imminent threat, and it should be really scary to a lot of folks if uh, if they're tied to this industry, especially for their income, because um, they're getting these letters with no warning and really no recourse. There's nothing they can do but go look for a different bank, and um, you know, they're after um, want to quote unquote choke out. Uh, these tobacco retailers. I'm looking here for the others. I've, I've lost the other industries. Um, pawn, pawn shops, pawn shop. coin dealers, firearms and ammo retailers, short-term loan makers. And the declared purpose of the, uh, the program, I can find it back real quickly here. Um, I'm, I, I have a link I will post on the forum to uh, a report from the House, the U.S. House of Representatives Committee on Oversight and Government Reform, that um, the ostensible goal—this is their findings. This is where they they really have uh, they have a problem with this program. That the ostensible goal of the investigation to combat mass market consumer fraud by foreclosing fraudsters' access to a payment systems. However, there is evidence that the true goal of Operation Choke Point is to target industries deemed high risk or otherwise objectionable by the administration. And they go on. This report's lengthy. Uh, uh, just check it out here. It's 12 pages, so it's yeah, it's not it's not unreadable. It's definitely worth a read. Um, they they pretty much just route this whole program. It's been going on for a year and a half now. It's just really kind of kicking in and, and people are starting to get these letters, but there's another reason we got to pay attention to, to what's coming down the pike and you know we have our Attorney General leaving the office should become a, a big issue with an incoming Attorney General because this is kind of his deal. The conclusion of this report is at least a breath of fresh air. The first paragraph of this conclusion is, uh, it says, forceful, <clears throat> a forceful prosecution of those who defraud American consumers is both responsible and admirable. However, Department of Justice initiatives to combat mass market consumer fraud must be legitimate exercises of the department's legal authorities and must be executed in a manner that does not unfairly harm legitimate merchants and individuals. It's it's shocking to me that a statement like that needs to be made, although it is welcome that I believe this is a House committee, right? This is the House committee, yeah, mm -hmm. U.S. Oversight Committee on Oversight and Government Reform. It's refreshing that they at least have that clarity to state that 
hey, we're walking that line here, and we typically, or and we absolutely feel that you are going too far. You are not sticking within your legal authority, and you certainly uh, are are posturing to unfairly harm legitimate merchants and individuals. And that is something that hopefully, before it takes off much further, will be reined in. Although, I really hate to see the system of checks and balances in our government be used for such an obvious abuse. It's scary to me that something like this could have ever started in the first place. But, yes, is why we need to fight. CRA will absolutely do something for this. And this notification came from IPCPR, correct? Yes. So. And it came because a couple of their members were the retailers that, that got the notices. Now, I have been aware in the past, in the not-so-recent past, but probably seven or eight years ago, um, uh, at least one retailer had lost its ability to conduct electronic payments. MasterCard, uh, it has been documented over the years to be not-so-tobacco-friendly. MasterCard, and I'm, I'm working with numbers, and it may have changed, but... I think it's five grand a year they want if you want to use them, and especially if you sell online, and it may even be greater than that now, or over the phone. They want you to have the hand, the card in hand from a person you've measured their legal age or checked their legal age. Um, if you accept PayPal for online tobacco sales, you can have your own lawyer write a letter putting his name on the line that says you follow all local rules and regulations. And that will allow get PayPal to allow you to accept all the cards except MasterCard. If you want MasterCard accepted through PayPal for tobacco sales, you have to get MasterCard's lawyer to do it, and it costs you another $1,000. I'm sorry. I was making jokes about you in the chat room. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I had no idea that it was just it had just come down to a financial aspect for them. Well, initially they just outright said, "No, nope, we're not going to do it." Retailers got letters said, "We're not processing your cards anymore. We're just not doing it at all." And they backed off of that and set up a fee structure now. Hmm. <laughs> if Kip talks and we don't hear him, is he really talking? That's funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was pretty funny. <clears throat> well, it's a scary, scary thing. My goodness. I mean, we're enjoying a legal product. I, I, I just, why are we being harassed? What is the point? Literally, what is the point? I mean, why does a personal agenda have to come through here? It's just scary. But it's a collective agenda. Well, we're that's true. We're the minority now. I mean, the educational system's been changed. Anti-tobacco measures are taught in school, and there's a you know we're a generation removed, so that now only 20% or so of the population smokes at all. We're clearly in the minority. Well, let's just let's just uh, cross our fingers and hope this turns into. Uh, what facial hair has done in the last five years. <laughs> you know, everybody and their brother 
shaved, and uh, we haven't had a president with facial hair since since the uh, disposable razor came out. Yet, all of a sudden, facial hair is coming back. Maybe cigar smoking will come back too. Well, we can only hope. Hey, we might have to wait sixty years, but either way, <laughs> we can we can we can tide everybody over. I didn't have facial hair for a long time. Um, when we moved to Florida and I began working within the corrections uh, organization, well, it's not for corrections, but within that environment, we were not allowed to have facial hair. And then just a few years ago, they backed off that and we could have a mustache that extends no further from the corner of your mouth, a goatee, or a full beard. No special designs and never longer than a quarter inch. Hmm. <clears throat> Does somebody come out with a measuring stick? A number of my peers have been denied entry and had to go home and get it cut before they could come in. Wow. I have not, and I valued the crap out of it, but right now I'm, I'm close. Hmm. Well, I guess there's a reason for everything. What they don't yeah. just—they don't want long facial hair because you can bury stuff in there, or what? They want to see you. Inmates, <laughs> inmates can still not grow facial hair legally, and well, they—they're pretty well monitored. Hmm. Interesting. In Florida, in Florida, that's not the case in all states. Well, we've got some late-breaking news here in the notes, which doesn't have too terribly much behind yeah, it. Yeah, there's uh, just just really no substance to this. It's just a blurb. Room 101 put a promo video up this afternoon, late, like within the past three or four hours, and it's literally a 14-second video that just announces a new cigar coming called The Uncle Lee. Um, and really no more details other than it's landing in November. I mean, it, no, you know, no, no components for the blend, no nothing, <laughs> just a name and a date. Well, as you said, for those Room 101 junkies out there, it's uh, maybe a nice little public service announcement to let them know they got something else to look forward to. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta say those the master series or master collection, master blend, whatever the heck they were called, the one that dropped last year and then the second that dropped in like January, February of this year. Master blend one and two, yeah. Those were good cigars, man. I mean, maybe they weren't maybe they weren't great cigars. Maybe I shouldn't make that statement. They were great tobacco, unique tobacco, weird flavors. Just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful differences. They broke from the mold of what we see so much of. I I really respected what those cigars brought to the table. So I have to say I'm maybe intrigued by this. I'd like to see what uh, what they're going to do here. Yeah, me too. I liked the Namakubi Tiburon. <laughs> Sorry, I just vomited a little in my mouth. <laughs> the Tiburon. I like the Namakubi Ecuador. It was kind of bumped up a notch, a little stronger for me. The uh, Daruma Lancero, I think they called it the Mutante. It was a great smoke. I mean, I think uh, I, I've said this here on the show before that 
if you look at a trend, I think they are putting out better cigars every year that goes by. They're really kind of hitting some stride now. Maybe that's kind of slowed down a little bit in the last six months, but I think they're 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 doing all right compared to what they where they were just a few years ago. Well, you know what? If if it's if they're coming out with a cigar every six eight months, good gracious, we are spoiled if we make fun of them. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, for how many years was it one cigar a year that you'd get from people? And I'm sure long before uh, the internet age, it was a lot less than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of in the past, there were a few companies that had separate lines, but a lot of companies had the X company. Boom. We have it in six different sizes. That's it. Exactly. Hmm. Well, well, this last one, I didn't know we were going to talk about that. I'm going to let you breach this topic. Yeah, no, I know. With, and I, without without going into territory that may get us into any trouble. Yeah, let's be honest. We, uh, I don't think we're close enough friends with any of the parties involved here to uh, uh, get a personal phone call or anything. But no, it but is I, a story I, worth being shared. Yeah, I think you've written it well enough that it'll be veiled enough. For six lines or five lines, whatever it is, I better have written it well enough. It took me 20 minutes for Pete's sake. <laughs> well, folks, uh, I guess we had one little public service announcement with Room 101, and so we'll have another public service announcement perhaps, and it's just to let you all know that the brand acquisitions, acquisitions may not be over just yet, but uh, very well, a very well-known manufacturer has just today um, been reported to be in talks with another about being acquired. Um, parties involved uh, have made it very clear that they wish to remain nameless until negotiations are finalized at the very least, but one online media outlet reported earlier today um, about this occurring. So. If anything does come of the this potential blockbuster, we will be sure to cover it, like we have over the last couple weeks with both Taranio and Lucia and their acquisitions by General Cigars, uh, General Cigar, excuse me. This new potential highlight potential acquisition um, does not involve any parties that we've discussed previously, so. Uh, stay tuned. Get your uh, get your eyes reading some stories on the internet, and uh, come back to us next week as we might have something to go on here. We really don't know. I mean, this could turn into nothing. Uh, well, it could remain nothing, or it could turn into something besides just a single story. So, I'm very intrigued. This is going to be something that everyone listening to this show will know. Uh, at least one of, if not both, of the parties involved. So, stay tuned. It's it's intriguing stuff. Made me more shocked than anything else, than any yeah. of the other two acquisitions. I'll put it that way. Same here. It was. Uh, it, it, it will be a big deal should it take place. Yes, it will. It, it could be that industry changing. That's five minutes of talking without saying anything. Hey, you know what? Uh, sometimes you just got to report what you know because you got a public that wants to hear about it, even if it's not too terribly much. Man, we're taking crap from Coop. 
in the chat room, and I know Coop knows this whole story. <laughs> Talked about being politically correct. Coop, if See, you want to come on this show and tell the whole story, I'll send you an invite right now. I'm going to boot him out. I don't want people to talk about that on this show. <laughs> hey, it's Coop, man. We just put a disclaimer at the beginning of the show says opinions described in this show are not are not held by half-assed or either Kip or Craig. The fact of the matter is this comes down to a story that was shared with names, with uh, parties, with multiple sources, um, and then some of those individuals who were named in the story, not the sources, but some that were named, um, very quickly sought out the uh, the author and the publishing site and requested that all information be removed. So uh, we don't really want to breach that, and it has nothing to do with having brass balls or not, but uh, much more about the wishes of people that have been very, very clear Um Nobody here at Half Ashed is looking to do anything to piss other people off. What we're looking to do is to share this hobby and this enjoyment. So, <clears throat> Coop said he has no more information on the story. It's all speculative, all speculation based on that that story that we're talking about. Yep, and to be very clear, there was only one publication uh, dealing with this, and then a lot of reposts and communication and discussion and. And then the post has been pulled and an apology made. It actually has not been pulled. It's available still on the mobile version. <laughs> okay. But, I don't know, maybe that's uh, a non-intentional, intentional slip-up. Yeah. Be all right. Well, how about we talk hey, about this hey, cigar a little bit? I think that's a... What? Nothing. I always forget to take a picture of the cigar of the week to use as the featured image on the the post, and I have done so tonight and just pulled off the band. Oh, well done! Now I'm a well, freaking idiot. I can uh, I can take it. I can put it on a white background here. Yeah, do that. Sure. Let me see if I can <laughs> see where I'm going to do this. Make some noise, Kip. Stall for a little bit, would you? Yeah. Pat just said, let Kip say it. He's leaving the country. They can't get him. <laughs> I will still be a U.S. citizen paying U.S. taxes with a U.S. address, so somebody can get me. Well, Let's see here. I'll go ahead and talk about my cigar. I still hold to my earlier opinion that it has moved out around the edges a little bit. I'm speaking of the collective. We're smoking tonight, of course. Um, it's kind of strange. The burn has been good, but I have had to touch up this wrapper a couple of times. It seems like the it's not really tunneling. It's not causing the problem, but I have had to hit the wrapper with a lighter maybe three times now. In the um, let's see how much you got here from uh, in the uh, two and the three eighths inches I've smoked so far. Uh, not really problematic, just kind of a, you know, like I said, just a touch-up. Um, a lot of the sweetness is gone for me, a little, maybe a little more nutty kind of flavor to it. But, I'm sorry? Um, I was just trying. It's got a, 
the sweetness is gone pretty much entirely for me, and it is considerably more savory, almost uh, causing a, a salivary response. It's that kind of meaty uh, savoriness. I would agree with that. It is definitely not the same. I wouldn't have called it a dessert cigar in the beginning, but I would have said that it was definitely a cigar with, um, <clears throat> with a not an overly savory core. I would have said that there was more to it that was more complex. It wasn't just cataloged, or, or excuse me, wouldn't just be categorized as a savory cigar that was overly woody or leathery. Leathery. Boy, easy for me to say. Yeah. I'm with oh, you. I'm, I'm surprised at how much the sweetness came through early and is entirely gone for me now. Yeah, I, I am as well. I, I typically expect sweetness to usually die out, but I don't expect it at this point. It's a third of the way into the cigar only, and it's long gone. Mm. All right, I got a couple shots. You can pick your poison. Cool. <sighs> well, so I have... Uh, uh, officially done, officially made a media faux pas and reported what what doesn't need to really be reported. And now we've discussed the cigar of the week again. So what do you say we move on to something that uh, is a little more concrete that we can actually talk about? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That was a shallow <laughs> rat hole. Yeah, not too terrible, I guess. Nah. What you got on the grid this week? Well, I uh. I enjoyed one cigar and one cigar only this week before our show. So uh, I'm going to talk about that one. I've got a little bit of a mini review for it, and it just happens to be a stick that uh, was blended and assembled by our very own Mike Stewart, who has some cigars in that uh, Cigar Federation Project Mignana raffle, aforementioned raffle. So, folks, this happened to be one of Mike Stewart's I, I believe we can call it a test blend. I don't believe that he has made this final or into anything that uh, has been uh, mass-produced yet, but I'm just calling it his Mexican, Mexican, Paraguayan, and Brazilian love child. Was, uh, <laughs> a love child of a three-way. <laughs> <laughs> Menage a Mexican, Paraguayan, and Brazilian. Uh, um... This cigar, I have one word immediately after my uh, my little title, and it is a four-letter word starting with the letter F, and it is radio-friendly. The word is full. My goodness, this is probably the fullest cigar I've had all year. It felt like you could chew this the the smoke. It felt like you could you could blow the smoke into something and, and have it get pushed over. It had so much volume to it. Um, it is a flavor bomb, and it is a winner. I absolutely enjoyed it. Um, a unique smoky spice with a mild woodsiness that just came in probably every third or fourth puff only. Um, there's definitely something sweet in there, but this is without question a hard-flavored cigar. Um, the spice is unique. And the body is just coating everything around me. Uh, I think Añejo body. But in fact, this is maybe even more body than that as uh, as I look back on the experience. Um, 
I'd say that the majority of the cigar is like in the Añejo, not just in body, but also in flavor, uh, but not with as much of a coffee cocoa core through the majority of it. Um, but I do need to clarify, the cocoa does start in the final third. This was a really, really good cigar. Um, I texted Mike and told him that this was truly a marketable cigar, too. I think that that the body is heavy. The strength was not overwhelming at all, though, and the flavor was very full as well. So it's it's really kind of that sweet spot. There's such a market for that where people are, are looking for something that they know they're smoking, but they're not going to get overwhelmed with, and you don't have to be a truly experienced smoker to, to enjoy it. I don't think it had a, uh, too much pepper or too much that aggravated the palate. Um, I'd say the, the biggest issue would be is if you're susceptible to kind of palate uh, pollution, let's say. And we can talk about that a little later on when we get into the what else we've been getting into in the world of cigars lately. Um, if you're someone who's susceptible to palate pollution, I'll call it, this might be a cigar that is a little tough for you to smoke, but um, was really, really a winner. Really a winner. Um, that Paraguayan tobacco, it's something, it's something that I just call Flojo. I believe that's how the name is spelled. I've never heard of the tobacco before in my life, uh, and I call it Flojo for, uh, um, oh my gosh, uh, the track star, the female track star. Florence Joyner-Kersey. Thank you, Florence Joyner-Kersey. Um, but it's uh, Flo-Yo or Flo-Ho, uh, I think is the proper pronunciation. I have no idea anything about that tobacco whatsoever. I've never had it in a cigar besides these. It's very, very good, though. Wow, that's that's an amazing endorsement. He has sent me a couple of nice packages of cigars. I'm going to dig through them and look for that one. This one this one had... What was on the band? As I said, it was a test band. He literally made up test bands. Um, they're labeled test, but this is the little code that he had on there. Uh, BMF is Brazilian Montefina, and the Flojo you can see. And this was wrapped in um, the thickest most ballsy Mexican San Andreas wrapper that I've ever had. Um, I, I mean, you could you could measure the thickness of this wrapper with a tape measure, I feel like. It was so thick. Let me see if I can... I've got the remnants of it here. I don't think that you're going to be able to make out as thick as it is, but, I mean, it's like... It's not at all transparent. You know, a you construction can... Construction paper. It is like construction paper. It really is. I said in jest to Kip that uh, I felt like you could sand with this. The the wrapper had so much texture that it was like a you know like a, a 120 grit sandpaper. It was just unbelievable. And it by by all accounts is absolutely thick enough and has enough structure to stand up to it too. It's crazy, crazy San Andreas wrapper. Hmm. Very, very good. Cool. I can dig it. Oh, man, I think this is right up your alley, too, Kip. Really? Yes, I do. Excellent. Well, let's see what I got on here tonight. I only have a couple. The first one I actually smoked today. 
and I put a couple of pictures up on Instagram and Facebook, and I may get around to putting one up on uh, on the forum too, for no particular reason other than just living and loving life, I decided to have a Fuente Opus A. Uh, that's the A size, the ginormous cigar. I guess that's the biggest one Opus, or biggest one Fuente makes for production. They have some ridiculous stuff in the, the corner of the Opus room, uh, factory, but um, this I got at CFC earlier this year, February, I guess, and um, I don't know. I just felt like pulling one of those out, so I did, and did not regret it. it, it I'm not the biggest Opus fan, although I am the biggest Fuente fan. Uh, but this one did not disappoint. It was not overwhelming at all. I'm assuming because of the sheer size of it that Carlito opted to blend it. Maybe a little less in your face than a lot of Opus. I would put it strongly in the medium range, maybe dead center of medium. It never even strayed into full-bodied. I smoked the entire thing for almost four hours wow. and was not ever overwhelmed by the cigar. It, it was amazing, actually. It's not my normal thing. Um, it had a very clean flavor on the palate. No, none of that flavor pollution you're talking about. It had a, you know, a, 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 a kind of a sweet finish. A lot of that, uh, actually, the sweet oatmeal kind of flavor that I often get from long-aged Opus. I, I have no clue how long these sat at the factory. Like I said, I've had it since February. Enjoyed the heck out of it, and I even made something happen I never imagined with an A, because this is a massive cigar, and it's a <laughs> heavy, heavy cigar. When I got that thing to stand on maybe an inch and a half or an inch and three quarters of ash, it just stood on this ash. And actually, the first picture I was taking, it had only been lit for a few minutes and had maybe a quarter inch of ash on it, and I trying to get the whole thing in the frame, hit the ash on the table, and knocked half of it off. So that thing, if you look at it, it's almost even standing on tippy toes. I just kind of wiggled it down a little bit onto that ash, and it stood there and never looked back. It, it was a testament to the construction of the cigar. I know that. Holy cow. I I saw that picture that you, uh, <laughs> you have when it's standing on its tippy toes. And that was something else. I have never seen, never seen anybody do that with an A. Never happened for me before. I'm not really one that tries that very often. I just was like, was hit it on an ashtray once and it didn't fall off. And I was like, dang, that may even stand on that thing. So I just stood it up and it stayed. Hmm. It was cool. And I have one more somewhere in the humidor. That's right. You doubled up this year. I did. <laughs> well, I just tried the old ash stand with this collective, mm -hmm. and it was as if I was holding it up, you know, uh, half an inch from the table. When my fingers let go, it just dropped like there was nothing stopping it whatsoever. It completely demolished its own ash. Yeah, it just knocked mine off, so if I tried it right now, it would put a burn mark on the table and I'd be in trouble because we got to sell this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine what that table smells like from the the frequency <laughs> you sit in front of it with a cigar. Well, it's a wooden table that actually belongs indoors, but our patio table is indoors covered up with stuff for yard sale, so 
this one got moved to the patio so we could do a show. I can't blame you for that. And I guess you don't have another one on there. I got one more uh, threw in there just because I didn't have anything out of the ordinary or out of the routine for me because for weeks now I've been obsessed with the Jericho Hill. And I'm finding a couple of neat things about it. One, it's been a long time since I've seen a cigar so polarizing that people either really love it or absolutely hate it. And the people that hate it are just completely bewildered by those of us that like it. And I've smoked through the sizes now, uh, through the Vitolas that are available in it, and have found it to be extremely variable from one to the next. And my least favorite that I didn't like at all, it it was too strong for its size and kind of drying on the palate and maybe a little harsh on the back of the throat was the little bitty guy, the, the smallest in the lineup. And uh, I don't even recall that other size I had in Tennessee, but I also, my two favorites were, I don't remember all the letters because each of them, each of the Vitolas has a name and a number of letters that stand for something. I think that smallest one's the 44S or 44R or something like that. Anyway, the, my very favorite is the one I smoked today and actually invested in a box of those as part of my final order in preparation for the move and like a budget to buy cigars. <laughs> it's the OBS, which is roughly uh, Robusto. Um, I think it really shines in that blend. And then the the next size up, which is just shy of a Toro, uh, is really good as well. I like that one. But that little Robusto, I, I dig it. Excuse me, I love that cigar. Well, I have not had uh, an absolute ton of those, but of what I have had, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, that small size that you had mentioned. Um, I really, really had a spectacular experience with the ones that I had. Um, That's so crazy. And, I mean, you know me. If you thought that that cigar was slightly um, harsh or not nearly as flavorful as the others, you know that that wouldn't be something that I would enjoy. Um so without yeah. question, without question, I feel like um, these cigars are just plagued by inconsistency. I mean, the cigars that I had, I can't find a single reason that someone would have disliked them. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not saying that they were a 100-point cigar. That that's not it. Oh no, I I just don't think there was anything that wouldn't be appealing about it. The, the most part, what I've heard are people, and I think even Cigar Coop's one of them, that just found it lacking in flavor. Wow. I, I just, I couldn't have said anything more opposite that. Um, it just is so, so not at all how I would have described it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've, I've enjoyed them. Uh, and that Robusto size. Head over heels for that thing. Enough that I picked up a box of them, like I said, as part of my final purchase. Oh, you're going to reload with CFC cigars that you're going to be forced to smoke. (laughs) I am going to CFC. You're going to be forced to smoke those on a regular basis. So 
Go go whine somewhere else, mister. I don't have any more cigar access. You know you're going to get invited to the cigar bar down there. You know you're going to get regular cigars that are fresh and from people who grow, who roll. Quit your whining. <laughs> hey, I know a lot of Dominican cigar makers. That doesn't mean they're going to give me cigars. I hope they do, but it doesn't mean they will. You watch. You're going to find some consulting gig part-time for blend evaluation, and you're going to smoke 100 cigars a month just for that. <laughs> hey, maybe. I can do that part-time in the evenings. That'd be cool. <laughs> uh, well, it's, uh, it's something I hope does happen for you. And the fact that you were able to pick up a box of these uh, Jericho Hills, I also hope that uh, those are not going to be a box of duds. I guess I'll put it that way. No, I've been through five or six of them already, and, and they've all been good so far. Well, good. Glad to hear it. If you do, well, I won't say that, because then you're sending me cigars that uh, are diminishing your limited supply. <laughs> no, no, no. Our next uh, trade for show cigars, there will be a couple of those in there. Well, what I was going to say is if you make another purchase and you come across a box that you think is less than stellar, I'd like a couple of those because I'd like to see what both ends of the spectrums are like with these things because I just, like I said, I, I, there's got to be inconsistencies out there, incredible inconsistencies because someone would not have said the cigars that I smoked were without flavor. Yeah. Well, the the when I went to Tennessee for my dad's funeral, when they first came out, like the the week they came out, I was at Silo Cigars in Farragut, Tennessee. And the uh, the guy running the shop handed them out to everybody there. Um, there were eight of us there, I think, and everybody loved it. Everybody was a fan, liked it, bought more. Well. No accounting for taste. <laughs> well, let's see. What do you got going on here in the uh, world of cigars? Oh, well, I uh, I was going to let you jump in first. I didn't know if you had anything going on there, but uh, I am more than happy to bring up the topic that I got written down here, <clears throat> something close to the heart that I have been digging the heck out of recently. I know we've talked about it, and I know that uh, anybody who's a regular listener to the show is aware that we do have the forum going on, but uh, I, I guess I just want to preface the next uh, thing that we're going to talk about a little bit by saying we don't have sponsorship on Half-Ashed. We don't really have an intention to have sponsorship. When we're talking about our forum, it does nothing for us. It's not like we need to get membership numbers up to X level to reach some threshold that people are going to give us money or whatever. That's not it. The, the discussion about the forum is strictly because we know that people listen to the show, we know that people enjoy the show, and that forum is just an extension of it. Kip and I are on it essentially daily. Uh, today I was probably on it 15 times for Pete's sake. Um, it was, and it's amazing, my productivity was as low as it was today. Um, <laughs> it's, our forum has quickly become a place that is different from other forums. Uh, I've got three topics on here that um, are just hot topics, things that are being discussed on a pretty regular basis this week. 
uh, and they're they're unique. I don't I, I don't see these discussions on at other locations. And the first of which sounds kind of clinical and goofy, but um, we've had a really spirited, really fun, involved discussion about about non-health related symptoms of cigar smoking. Um, I, I always am curious as to what other people um, experience with cigars. I tend to to be susceptible to cigar overheating or uh, as I called it palate pollution earlier. I feel like I, I run into that more than a lot of other people. And so I started kind of throwing some ideas up on the forum about, hey, I get this or hey, how do you avoid that or uh, what about this? How can we make the the experience um, better for those of us who might at time uh, at times have uh, you know a little bit of a funky taste or wake up the next morning with uh, a horrible taste in our mouth after a cigar? Is that normal? Is it abnormal? What have you done to be able to lessen that or avoid it? Why do you think it happens? And all of a sudden, this discussion has turned into almost like a tutorial for. Hey, try this and let me know. Uh, let us know if it works. So tonight, after the show, I'm having a cigar. It's after 10 o'clock Central Time. Um, somebody shared an idea as to how to avoid what Kip calls monkey breath. Is that right? Yeah, we just call it the monkey. <laughs> the monkey. <laughs> in reference to the monkey that secretly came and took a dump in your mouth the night before. <laughs> so I. I often will wake up the morning after a cigar with a horrendous taste in my mouth. It is not it is not the the lovely subtle finish or the slight aroma uh, of a cigar left in my mouth. It is absolutely uh, 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 like you licked an ashtray and then gargled the ashes for an hour and a half. It just <laughs> It just is a horrendous taste in my mouth, and I get that on a regular basis. After a cigar, I brush my teeth, I use Listerine, and I feel great, and I don't have the aroma or the feeling of having just had a cigar. If I have a cigar at night, I do that, and then I go to bed, I still wake up the next morning with the monkey, um, <clears throat> and I don't know why that is. I brought it up, and certain guys... Uh, shared, no, I don't get that, or I don't get that anymore. And so the discussion on, on how people perhaps are avoiding that now or what's different in their life now when they no longer experience that that off-putting taste in the morning as compared to when they did, um, it's just been a pretty fun, uh, pretty fun topic, and it has drawn me back and forth a number of times today. Um, completely different direction and much more of a fun topic, um, I kind of have a, a little fascination with Pepin Garcia's history. Um, I know it's, you know, it's probably out there in a lot of different sources, uh, but I've asked before, I've just been given some little quips and bits of information. I've even asked Pepin himself, and um, through a translator, uh, because I don't nearly speak good enough Spanish to have this conversation with him. Um, learned a little bit about his history, and and to me, his history isn't so much just from a, boy, I really like the guy, and I kind of have, uh, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, starry eyes of a 
tobacco industry, um, what do I want to say, uh, celebrity. That's not it at all. It's very much that he has a style. He, You can smoke a cigar, and I'd say that 50% of the time, if you know nothing about it, if it's unbanded, you can say, this is this new school flavor. I think that this could be a papine cigar, or at least the style of of which that papine blends. Um, and so I have kind of started to dive into um, what really has made Jose Garcia who he is today, um, back to when he was a roller in Cuba and used to blend and roll Monte Cristos, to his time at uh, uh, Tobacco Tropical, um, which is Tropical has a lot to do with Aganorsa leaf. And it most certainly is uh, the genesis for Casa Fernandez, I believe, correct? Casa Fernandez are rolled with at Tropical, or that is Tropical, correct? Yeah. There's a, a little bit of a crossover as to what deals with the the farming side of it, what deals with the manufacturing side of it, but it's essentially the same parent, has the same parent company, I believe. Well, um, same, yeah. Tobacco no, no. Tropical is the parent company for Casa Fernandez. Um, and so Pepin had a history there, and I don't know anything concrete um, from when he was there. I uh, My interest was piqued um, because a local shop, when it opened, had cigars that they said, hey, these are from uh, Pepin's final days when he was with Tropical. And so those cigars at that time were aged. They were unique. They were nothing, um, nothing that I had ever gotten my hands on before. I smoked them, and they tasted like a Pepin cigar, but a little bit different. And so it just it really really piqued my interest. And so we've got a discussion about about that, the things that I know, the things that I want you to tell me. Um, and so it's just been a really really fun kind of uh, journey. Um, to talk about that. I've just really been putting things into that thread right now, and I'm hoping other people can share some of their thoughts too. But um. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't see Cigar Coop anymore, but I'd really like to see him chime in on this. He just had a chance to sit down and interview Don Pepin, picked up a lot of info from his earlier days. Well, it... Um it, without question, is something that that most cigar smokers today um, could find interest in, and and it's a topic that we've got ongoing on the forum. And so, this is more. I'm bringing these things up more because I love half-ashed. I love sitting down at nine, ten, eleven o'clock on a Friday night and just BSing and herfing with one of my great friends. And if we can make half-ashed become more of a part of our lives during the week too. I just think that'd be all the cooler. Uh, I don't know. Am, am I crazy, or do you agree? No, that's why I just said here, here. Oh, well, there you go. Well, and you know, it's uh, perhaps it's a shameless plug that I bring this up, but Mike Stewart has got a post on there, and it's titled "Bombs Offered," which isn't exactly something that you might see very often. But uh, I know that that Mike is proud of what he does. He's talented in his blending and rolling. Um, and I know that he's kind of made an open uh, uh, an open thread about sharing his uh, cigars that he creates, um, and that's just been a really cool thread to watch. I mean, we're at 
heck, five pages now for that post specifically, I think, and yeah, uh, somewhere, pages somewhere about like that. And it's been fun to see those go out and people start having opinions, and and uh, it'll be more fun to see how those evolve and how things change and how Mike grows. So it's just all part of this community, this this world of cigars that that uh, I just want to live on more days than Friday. See, absolutely. So, that has been a big part of my life this week, and it's been fun as hell. I gotta say. Yep. Sorry, I was reading the chat room. Oh, no worries at all. <clears throat> well, let's see. Our listener emails are pretty light this week. I uh, had a few from listeners, but I don't believe there were any questions posed for the show. So how about we talk one last time about this cigar? I think that's a fantastic idea. Yeah. The cigar's been a little... Um, <clears throat> a little wonky to me. It's been harder to keep lit than I expected. Um, I I don't know if this San Andreas wrapper is uh, a little thicker, a little heavier, or if that Medio Tiempo is um, perhaps just a, a very uh, oil-heavy leaf that doesn't necessarily uh, allow combustion as much as some other uh, leaves may, but... Um, that, I have to say, is the biggest complaint that I have, and it's not a huge complaint. It's just something that is worth stating. Um, I, yeah. I enjoy the flavors a lot. I think that they've kind of ebbed and flowed a touch. The middle of the cigar was a little less flavorful to me because I think of it. there was a transition going on, but as I enter the final third, it's it's kind of coming back, and it's starting to shine a little bit more. Um, How much have uh, got left? About two and a half inches, three inches. Wow, you have smoked that cigar faster than me. I have just over three inches of cigar left. Really? That has wow. never, never happened before. Mine's never gone out. I have not really had to touch up that the the guts of the cigar at all, but the wrapper, I've had to hit that a few times with the with the lighter. And to be completely honest, that may be my fault entirely. I brought this cigar out and laid it on the table a couple of hours before showtime. And it happens to be very humid here. I, I was showing Craig before the show started how it had kind of bubbled up the wrapper. And it has been somewhat resistant to burn. But again, not enough that I would you know, file a complaint about it or even make note of it, except we are focusing on the cigars or Cigar of the Week. I agree the middle portion was um, a little less bold in the flavor maybe than the first and third. And I'm not really into the third yet, but I am nearing nearing that point, and it's already picking back up a little bit more. Uh, it's a little more woodsy, and the, the nuttiness has uh, lost um, a lot of the brightness, I'll say. It's gotten to be more dark and almost woodsy kind of flavors now. I don't find it woodsy to me. Hmm. I do find it darker, though. I, I really think that it's become earthy, much more earthy than it was in the beginning, and I thought that it had a lot of earth then. Yeah, I dig the cigar. I <clears throat> I liked them when they first came out. I did at the time think they needed a little bit of resting time, like I said, to mellow and meld and marry a little bit. Um, I think that's been achieved. I think it's going to continue to to get better with more time, even. But uh, it's pretty dang smokable right now. And my gut feeling is uh, these were all made at the same time 
if I'm not mistaken, and they still have them in stock at Cigar Federation. I believe that's the only place to buy them. Um, of course, they run specials all the time with discounts. I think regular full price on these is a little under ten bucks, but um, they pretty regularly have some significant price deductions if you're a member over there. Uh, so if you uh, have some interest in them, I believe they sell ten or five packs and full boxes. I think that's the only way they sell them. Five packs, forty-nine bucks. I check right before showtime and. Sometimes you can get 20% or more off of them. So you can get these for eight bucks at, here and there. Where do you uh, where do you rank the the body of this cigar? Well, if you'd ask me my memory, I would have put it well into the full category. But this one, knowing that I've had other cigars today, is not really affecting me at all. I'd put it as a, the stronger side of medium, but maybe not a you know, not not well into full territory by any means. Is it uh, the volume of eh, not the volume of smoke, but the the texture of smoke? Uh, you would say is is medium. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. It it feels like a very heavy coating to the to the uh, smoke. It feels like it has that in my mouth. I'm starting to get. Um, <clears throat> palate pollution, but the smoke itself... <laughs> You're trying to coin that term, aren't you? I think three times in this episode so far. Heck yeah, I am. It's a good one, man. <laughs> it is. I like it. Um, where was I going? Um, it feels as if it's coating me a lot. It's It's sticking with me more than a lot of other cigars, but the smoke itself doesn't have that chewy texture. It's not thick. It doesn't billow. Um, and I don't just mean that from a volume of smoke perspective or amount of smoke, but it it's very odd. It almost seems like an airy smoke, but it's sticky. I, I don't know. I, maybe that doesn't come across, but I know what you're saying. I get that feeling of just that you know palate coating kind of feel while I'm smoking it, but. I, it's not a short finish, but I don't think it's an excessively long. I don't I don't feel polluted, and maybe it's just because it's a pleasing flavor. And most of the time, when I say polluted, it's it's such a strong flavor that it just ruins me for cigars for 24 hours, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, I I would look forward to smoking this cigar again. I'm not sure I'm going to buy a five pack. Um, I think it's good. I think that it does have room for growth, but I don't know if it's something that I'm going to crave, if that makes sense. I think there are times I would crave it um, just because I, I tend to like Aganorsa tobacco probably a little more than you. Um, yeah, I don't know that I'm going to buy a box, but I might be certainly willing to get a five-pack of them um, and maybe even a couple of five-packs just to to have with me at some any given time, but uh, I, I totally lost my train of thought what I was talking about there. I was I was going to say something about what you just said, and it's gone. That's <laughs> yeah, all right. You are an old bugger. I know it. Just repeat everything you just said, and I'm, I'll not remember it. <laughs> oh, heck, I'm an old bugger, too. I don't even know what the heck my own name is, let alone what I just told you. 
I do believe that it has some kind of intangible quality that tells me it's going to be good for quite some time. It's not going to go flat or fade anytime soon. I, I'm getting... Um, how do I put this? There are peaks of a very, very sweet um, citrusy flavor, but not so much in kind of the tart citrus that we've dealt with in the past or that we've discussed but very much like an orange juice flavor. Um, and I think that, that those little peaks, those little ticks of flavor are, are the evolution of the cigar. I think that that's kind of something to come as this stick approaches a year old. Um, I, I'm positive that, that, that this San Andres uh, and the Medio Tiempo is a, a very... How do I put this? Not complex, but um, there's a lot of structure to those leaves. I feel yeah. like I feel like age isn't necessarily going to reveal um, uh, a masterpiece here, but I think age is going to reveal a different cigar. Period. And um, it would be fun to see that take place, but. I guess in uh, to play devil's advocate, there's a lot of cigars like that too. So I do enjoy it. Not being the biggest Casa Fernandez fan, um, I don't crave cigars that are of this style. But I can see some benefit to having a couple of these around. It would be fun to watch their evolution. Yeah, I am a big Casa Fernandez fan. Love their stuff. Um, no. Yeah. yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> but um, I definitely have days where this is exactly what I'm looking for. And this being this or its brothers that come from Aganorsa Leaf. Alrighty. <clears throat> we now have a cigar of the week for next week. What did I decide? The well, I guess we can talk about it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Why don't you close us out and share that with everyone? Erky derky. Well, folks, we certainly appreciate you listening, whether you're here live tonight in the chat room. It looked like we had a few new faces again. That's that's always a good thing. Uh, and uh, if you t- tune back in next week, Friday night, 9.30 p.m.-ish to 9.45, sometimes maybe even 10 Eastern time, uh, you can catch us live at halfash.com. Uh, maybe soon again at cigarfederation.com if we can get that worked out. But if you catch us next week, same bat time and place, you can uh, pick up where we left off, and we'll be smoking the Flor de la Santia 6x60, which I believe was a special release up there in Craig's neck of the woods. Am I right? Yes, it was. This is a Benny's Shop exclusive cigar. Yep. Got me a box of those. I uh, absolutely love the Robusto in that line and have some Toros I'm going to try, and it looks like I'll be trying their Super Toro, I think is what they call a 6x60. I'm not not sure. Anyway, a 6x60, whatever the name may be. Um, In the meantime, if you got any comments, complaints, concerns, compliments, whatever you got, throw them at us at... uh, Craig at thecigarmy.com or Kip at thecigarmy.com. And again, we're always on the lookout for new unbanded suggestions or submissions. So if you have a submission, you can catch us at one of those two email addresses and we'll hook you up with an address to send them to. Or if you have a suggestion, you can email that to info at thecigarmy.com. 
and that will go to neither Craig nor myself. It will go to my wife, who will take care of sourcing the cigars and unbanding them for us. And by the way, I have a couple of suggestions in queue right now, Craig. I got to get to you. And uh, anyway, you can find us at halfash.com or thecigarmy.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and certainly in the forum at halfash.com. We'd love to have you over there as well. And by the way, we did talk about that a little bit, but if you have a username and password on halfash.com, if you're logged in there, you are logged into the forum. It's already created for you. Uh, when you create a profile at one, it updates to the other. Uh, and we'll keep you logged in as long as your cookie settings are appropriately configured. And uh, I'll let you close us out, Mr. Craig. Well, it's my pleasure to do so. Tonight's uh, tonight's closeout is going to be perhaps a bit unexpected, but we've got a gentleman in the chat room who has been a big supporter of us for a long time and uh, who I greatly respect, and I'm not really sure that I've said it before. So... Um, I think uh, I think I just need to close out tonight's show by calling attention to Cigar Coop, Will Cooper. Um, I just have this uh, crazy realization of how often we reference him while we're recording our show. Boy, I wonder if Coop knows this. Boy, I'd like to get Coop's perspective on this. Um, and that just all boils down to the fact that I respect him as much as I respect anybody in this industry. His work with Cigar Media Association, with with Stogie Geek Cigar, Me uh, excuse me, um, uh, Cigar Coop, it's all impeccable. I I can't speak highly enough of him and his knowledge and his passion. So, if you're familiar with Will, uh, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, head on up to cigar-coop.com or heck, any of the other places that I've talked about uh, that he's affiliated, you're going to be surprised, you're going to be educated, and you're going to be entertained. He's uh, one of the best in the industry. And before uh, this delay clicks through and he uh, has a chance to respond while I'm still on the air, I'm going to sign us off. So, folks, we hope you enjoyed being here tonight. We know we certainly enjoyed being here with y'all. So, good night, everybody, and thanks for listening. <laughs>